Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and I'm the creator of the show Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake because none of us have time to exercise and work out. And me, I'm probably shaking a little bit more than I wish I were. This is going to be a community-hosted podcast, not by me, but by a collection of women all over the country who are going to share their stories, struggles, and solutions, some with their own guests on their episodes, some without. Each one will be a wonderful sampler of a story that you can relate to or that might help you. And I hope that you all enjoy it. Moms don't have time to move and shake. Get moving. Hi, welcome to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. I'm your host, Erica Hornthal. I'm a dance movement therapist, a counselor, an author, a wife, and as you probably guessed, a mom. I have two kids. I have an eight-year-old daughter who just entered third grade, and I have a -a two-and-a-half-year-old son who just started preschool. So perhaps some of you can relate on that level. I'm very interested in talking about motivation today, and probably not for the reason that you might think. I know oftentimes, especially when it comes to moms and this idea of moving and shaking, Motivation often has to do with something like losing weight, getting in shape, starting to exercise, maybe the motivation to return to or be something. I'm actually here to talk about how to access our motivation, how to get it back, how to tap into it using our own inherent connection to movement and our bodies. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about why I'm here? Why am I talking about this? Or why am I so passionate about it? So I, as I mentioned, am a dance movement therapist. A lot of people don't even know what that means. To some, it sounds really intriguing, maybe cool. You yourself might be thinking, yes, dance is my therapy. Totally makes sense. But at the heart of it, dance movement therapy is actually not necessarily about dance. It's about movement in the respect that we all use movement to express ourselves. As I'm talking right now, even though you can't see me, I am gesturing. As I speak, I use my hands. That is one form of nonverbal communication. Actually, when we use our hands to communicate, it helps support imagination, flow of ideas, and expression. But yet, as we age, we tend to forget about, ignore this very expressive, primitive, inherent part of who we are. And believe it or not, it is that inherent primitive movement that can actually allow us to get back to this sense of motivation. So when you're feeling stuck or unmotivated, the first thing you can do is notice where movement is present or the lack of movement that is present in your body. If you're anything like me, you know, I I love my kids. I love them to death, (laughs) but I need my space. And I find that the more my kids, especially my young, my little guy, the more he loves to attach and cling on and, you know, invade my space. It's the best way I can think of it, which is normal. So the normal part of development, this is what a lot of kids do and and they should be doing. It makes my body smaller and smaller and smaller. And when I'm more restricted in my body, I am more restricted in my mind. So then I come down on myself. I feel shameful and guilty for not having the motivation during his nap to go work out or to stop eating that bag of chips. My motivation is just not there. 
One, because I'm not being mindful about it or intentional with it. But for me, it's realizing that my body doesn't have the capacity or the room to be motivated to do anything because I'm just shrunk and confined and bound in my body. So that's why I'm here talking about this. This has actually become kind of my life's work, not just in the sense of motivation, but this idea of moving or recognizing our movement to achieve what we want, to change our lives, to change our thinking, and that it all starts with movement. So I want to share a quote, actually. It's by a youth activist, sorry, youth advocate and author by the name of Banaga Adabambo. And Banaga Adabambo says, movement creates momentum. Momentum creates motivation. So I'm going to say that again. Movement creates momentum. Momentum creates motivation. So I experienced this when I was dancing. I I love to dance, but especially as a kid, that when I danced through difficult times in my life, it literally kept me moving. And while we're not all called to dance, so to speak, we can all move in our own ways to tap into this intrinsic motivation. Because let's be honest, we can't do anything for other people aside from being a mom and a caregiver, right? If you want to make changes, it has to happen on a deep personal level, intrinsic motivation. You have to want the change. And your willingness to change has to be greater than your willingness to stay the same or your your sometimes complacency to stay the same. And it can be painful in a sense to change, but we won't change until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of changing. So I believe we can all use our own inherent ability to move in our own ways to tap into this idea of motivation. And that when we use movement to create momentum, it helps us tap into feeling motivated. And the motivation to do or to be something opens up so many avenues for potential. Potential to be, potential to think, potential to feel, the potential to just be more present, to just be more present to our lives and to to the lives of our kids. So I'm going to go into some ways that we can actually move to conjure up motivation, but I, I just wanted to go into a little bit more around this idea of movement and motivation and kind of unlock for you or maybe highlight how ways that you are moving or not moving may already be contributing to you feeling stuck or feeling like you can't get your motivation. So in this moment, I realize that you might be multitasking, but I'm really going to encourage you to just pause, pause for a moment. If you're able to stop engaging in whatever extracurricular activities you may be doing at this moment while you're listening, can you just pause? And can you notice what movement is happening in your body right now? Your first thought may be, I'm not moving at all. I'm sitting down listening to this podcast. I'm driving in the car. I'm in the bath, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So then I really want you to redefine what is movement. Movement's always happening. If we're not moving, we are literally not living, right? Movement is defined. Life is defined by movement. Christine Caldwell, a dance movement therapist and somatic educator, says that 
the absence of movement defines death. And so that means that at any point in time, movement is always happening. So what movement's happening in you right now? I'm going to use myself as the example. I know you can't see me and I can't see you. Some people have a hard time identifying with movement if it's not exercise. So let me use myself as an example. I am blinking. I am breathing. I'm talking. I'm also sitting. I'm noticing the lack of movement in certain parts of my body. I happen to be sitting on one leg while the other one is kind of dangling off of my chair. I'm noticing that my shoulders are actually quite tight and stiff right now. So there's not a lot of mobility in them as I'm speaking. My lips are moving. My tongue is active as I talk. My cheeks rise and fall. I can't necessarily feel it, but I know that blood is coursing through my veins. I know that my heart is beating. This is movement. This is all movement. And this is the movement that we can start to focus on to help us actually move toward motivation, to build that momentum that I was talking about earlier. So the thing I find ironic that I actually wanted to bring to this audience is when we say moms don't have time to move and shake, right? Maybe in the aspect of exercise or taking a class, going out and dancing at night, but moms are the hardest movers and shakers I know. We're always moving. We're always shaking. We're always grinding. We are always moving, maybe not for ourselves, but for those around us. Because if we're not moving, how do our children move? Right? And I mean that kind of metaphorically, but we might have young kids that literally need us to get food for them. Perhaps we're nursing them. I mean, there's so much movement happening there. Movement is relationship. Movement is how we bond. And so lack of movement can actually cut off the relationship, can actually hinder the bonding that we crave or that our children crave, right? There's movement in our relationships with our spouses, with our families, with our friends, with our neighbors, with our community. And so again, it's I'm urging you to really expand your horizons when it comes to movement. And that when I'm talking about moms moving and shaking, it is not in the exercise sense. It is not even in the dance sense. It is in how you move through this thing we call life. And that if you want to change anything in this life, it actually begins with looking at how you move through it or how you don't. So again, go back to that idea of how am I moving right now? What movement is happening? What parts of my body feel like moving? And can you indulge that? Can you allow a part of your body that maybe hasn't moved today to move? And what would that look like? What would that feel like? If at all it feels you know, possible, if at all you are able to do this, you can also move with the people around you. So... I found personally, especially during these last two or three years, I guess, three years now as we're, seems like we're going into it with this pandemic, I lost a lot of my motivation and not just to exercise, although that I'm not even sure I'm 
I'm not even sure I found all of that yet. But I mean, so many of the outlets we had were closed, were detoured, right? Some of the places we went to never reopened. You know, our routines, our habits were really turned upside down. And yet some of us found more movement. We turned to online communities, Zoom classes. You know, for some people, it was maybe the first time that they they were moving or what felt like moving for a really long time. But I want us to really think about how psychological implications of the pandemic correlated to our movements. You know, I was at home with my two kids, my my newborn at the time, kind of in the throes of postpartum anxiety, trying to navigate e-learning. My husband and I both work from home and while it was lovely to all be home, it was overwhelming. It was really, really overwhelming. And that showed up all over my body. I was tight. I was rigid. I was taxed. I was stressed. And I had nowhere to really feel like I could move for me. And movement, once I started to tap into what was already happening, is really what allowed me to start finding my way back to motivation for lots of different things. Motivation to to exercise, motivation to deepen my business, motivation to write a book. It wasn't the goals. It was the movement that brought me to them. So I'll share a few examples. You know, I live in Chicago and I remember our parks, our local parks. We live by four or five local, you know, playground park areas. They closed. I've never, you know, we've never seen that before. Caution tape around the monkey bars and the slides and, you know, not being able or not being invited into a public space to play. So we we think about the detriment that that plays on our on our kids, right? And that they weren't able to engage in those those landscapes. And um, depending on where you live, you know, I, I recognize that's different for everybody, but that was definitely a part of our everyday life. And so when the playgrounds reopened, you know, not only was it joyful for my kids to to go out and play, but I remember sitting on the park bench, scrolling through my phone, looking up and thinking. Why aren't, why aren't I engaging in this? And all the judgments that came with that, the misconceptions, right? Well, the playground's not for adults. You know, it even says ages five to 12 or, you know, one to four. And yet there's really no reason that I can't engage in it, obviously outside of a weight limit. And if it's busy and the kids are having fun, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily hinder or create an unsafe space. But the parks and the playgrounds were were quiet. And so I remember taking my kids' lead and climbing up the stairs with them, walking around the playground, you know, putting my phone away, putting my phone in my pocket, because the movement that I needed had to come from my whole body, not from my fingertips. And I wasn't going to miss anything in that 45 minutes to an hour by not scrolling on my phone. And I just remember feeling this freedom moving my body in ways that I had told it not to or had forgotten how to. You know, it wasn't like I went and jumped on the monkey bars. I didn't go down every slide. I just started walking. I just started moving my body and engaging with my kids through movement. And it really was a game changer. And I remember I was sitting in our basement and my daughter was doing some physical education uh, unit, believe it or not, on juggling. 
you know, it was e-learning. They were, I think, a little desperate for uh, for movement interventions. So they watched a video on juggling and it intrigued me. And I remember thinking, well, I've kind of always wanted to learn how to juggle. God knows I juggle daily life. Maybe this is an opportunity to embrace the metaphor, right? Learn to juggle and learn to let balls fall, pick them back up and try again. And it's still a work in progress, but I taught myself to juggle. That was movement. That was movement. I was sitting on the ground. I was with my kids. I was using their, you know, plastic play balls. And it was creative. It was improvisational. It was imaginative. And it is literally what got my juices flowing. It gave me motivation to then go to the next thing, try something new or get back into a habit that I had lost, a healthy habit. You know, I was used to working out. I was used to going to the gym, but the gym closed. And no matter what I tried to do at home, it just, it never felt the same. It wasn't, wasn't the same environment. I always had interruptions or I was afraid of interruptions. I loved to dance and I couldn't even dance in my basement at home. And my go-to was shame and guilt until I realized that that wasn't going to give me the motivation I needed. I needed to do it for me. And I needed to find an easy, authentic, organic way back to my motivation. So if any of this is resonating for you, I so appreciate listening. I hear you. I see you. I am you. And it really starts with just noticing and recognizing where you are. What does your body need in this moment? What do you need in this moment? If we're already feeling depleted, we need to acknowledge that. We need to kind of go into the judgments, the shame, the guilt, but we don't have to stay there. We have to acknowledge where we are to even contemplate where we want to go. So I want to provide you with some simple movement practices that perhaps you can try outside of some of the ideas that maybe I've already planted. But these are things that you can do, you can practice, you can integrate into your daily life whenever you're able to. It's not about setting aside 30 or 40 minutes to exercise. That might be nice for some of us, but we need to get back to movement as a form of expression, as a way to support our mental health, and as a way to just show up for ourselves. Because if you want to show up in this life, it starts by showing up in your body. So I'm going to share some movement practices that can get you thinking about how to reconnect to our motivation, how to move ourselves how to get that momentum going, which ultimately leads to motivation. So this one may be cliche. We may hear this a lot, but the number one thing that we can do is breathe. So if it's possible for you now, either notice your breath, take a breath, maybe even indulge your breath. I always recommend when possible, breathing in through your nose and then slowly exhaling out your mouth. We carry a lot of tension in our jaw. And so when we exhale deeply, I encourage people to really open and release the jaw, which will release a lot of the tension. So breath is the basis, is the, is the number 
one kind of foundational connection in the body. It's involuntary. It's happening right now as you're listening to me, whether you realize it or not. And acknowledging, identifying it, and even increasing the awareness of your breath is the foundation for expanding your movement potential, which leads to motivation. Here's another beautiful quote by Dr. Jamie Maddich. She's the creator of something called Dancing Mindfulness, also the Institute for Creative Mindfulness in Ohio. She's a trauma expert and EMDR therapist and somatic practitioner extraordinaire. She says, we can give breath to new connections, to new ideas. All innovation and creation is born of breath. Think back to when you had your kids, that sound, the witnessing, knowing that they've taken their first breath is so powerful. We're filled with this awe. We know that something miraculous is happening. And I think along the way, we take for granted how beautiful that breath is and how much life it really gives us. So breathing, tapping into our breath, giving ourselves the opportunity to breathe. And sometimes noticing when we're breathless. I often don't know that I need to breathe deeply until I feel that I can't. And it's unfortunate when it's already gotten to that place because my body is probably quite tense at that point. But if I'm feeling breathless, it is an indicator to me that I need to connect to my breath. And when I connect to my breath, I create more opportunity. And breathing alone can facilitate motivation. So try that now. Notice your breath, take a breath. I'll do it with you. Some people want to make a sound as they breathe out. There's no right way to do this. It's the right way for you. The second movement I want to talk about is maybe not movement so much as engaging our senses, which leads to movement. But sensory stimulation signals motivation. It can support motivation. And not only does engaging our senses connect us to the present moment, but it also sparks cerebral activity, right? Helps connections start to fire in the brain, helps us to become more aware and awake and focused. So during playtime, combining the senses supports development of cognitive skills, right? Our young children store memories through sensory experiences. We all do this. And this in turn helps them gain knowledge and understanding, right? So as an example, smelling smoke can alert us to danger. This can motivate us to move towards safety. And if you're not feeling like getting up or, quote, moving, you can tune into what you hear, what you taste, what you smell, what you see, and what you feel. That alone can spark movement that actually results in physical momentum. So take a moment now. I like the exercise. I just call it 54321. I don't think there's any formal name for it, but it's a pretty common somatic practice. And you want to think of, you know, five things you can hear or five things you can see. 
and kind of go down the line, right? Four things you can feel, three things you can smell, two things you can hear, one thing you can taste, right? So we want to, we want to hit all five. We, there are, we have more than five senses, but we want to hit those five main senses. I realize that it can be really difficult to taste five things unless you're sitting down at the table. So just notice the order in which you do them. But take a moment to tap into your senses. This is a wonderful grounding technique. It's a great way to manage anxiety, a great way to calm ourselves down. You can even do this with your kids. I actually do this quite a bit with my older daughter. So engage your senses, smell the things around you, taste, touch, really enjoy your environment or become more aware of your environment. And this, believe it or not, helps motivate us. The next thing I want to talk about is tapping into your personal rhythm. So some of you may be thinking, I have no rhythm. Well, that in itself is a rhythm. I'm not talking about coordination. I'm talking about rhythm. So notice whatever rhythm already exists in your body. This can be slow, sustained, chaotic. It can be a steady beat. It can be your heartbeat. It can be your breathing, maybe the blinking of your eye, the tapping of your finger on the table, the beat of your heart, the rise and fall of your breath, These are all you need to get moving. So you can allow these inherent rhythms to move you to even a new position, right? So I can breathe and that alone shifts my body, shifts my posture. I can use movement that's already happening in my body to help initiate the next movement. And when we move, we tap into momentum, which taps into motivation. The next thing I want to talk about is this idea of accessing our planes of movement or dimensions of movement to connect to our momentum. So we can create momentum by moving in certain directions, right? Actually, as beings, not just human, animals as well, we only move in three dimensions. We can have combinations of them, but we can kind of, we can rise and fall, right? We can, we can reach above us. We can reach below us. We can reach out to the side or come across and kind of give ourselves a hug, or we can move forward and back. And there's combinations in between those, but we can't lift off the ground, right? I mean, I can't. (laughs) So there are only so many ways that we can move. And yet when we access these dimensions, they can help us find motivation as well. So if you think about it, to literally go or take action for a lot of us, not everyone, but for a lot of us involves this acceleration, this moving into the space in front of us. But if you are sitting, you can't just get up, right? You can't just stand straight up. You actually have to engage in this this forward motion, Right. If you've ever taken, I don't know if you've ever taken a class, but um, I used to work, I still do work a lot with older adults. And for many older adults, there's difficulty getting up, right? We need assistance. And so oftentimes we put our hands on our sides of the chair or an armrest and we push forward to then stand up. So think about this idea of accessing different planes. Maybe you're not used to moving forward or taking your momentum forward. And we might feel like we're pushed or pulled side to side or gosh, even pushed backward, right? That's not how we're gonna actually physically get the motivation to get up. And so moving into, oftentimes in therapy, somatic therapy circles, we hear this word sagittal. 
it's kind of the plane where um, you might watch your kids do a cartwheel or maybe you do a cartwheel. It's a wheel. It's a wheel plane. It's how a wheel moves forward and back. And we need that momentum to actually help us get up and move to the next thing. The last piece I want to talk about is movement related, although you might not think so. It's this idea of giving ourselves the permission to resist and to rest. Yes, even rest is movement. It's restorative movement because when we rest, we're still breathing. We give our muscles the opportunity to relax, right? Sometimes to expand or let go. And that is movement. So resist the urge to go, to do, because that can ironically pave the way for more momentum. I'm not resisting anything. I free up my energy to actually go or just exist in the world, to just be and to become more aware. Rest is needed. And for so many, it's a last thought, right? Especially when we have kids, because oftentimes we're not getting enough rest. So I understand that sometimes it's easier said than done, but that's why it can be vital to make rest a priority. Motivation doesn't come from one kind of movement. It actually comes from any movement. And that movement can even be still, a quiet posture or gesture, rest or even relaxation. So motivation is often associated with productivity, right? I came across this article a long time ago. It was actually called Rest as Resistance, a guidebook to 24-7 capitalism. And its author states, this is a quote, the exhaustion of society is created by the pressure to be constantly productive, the need to be busy. I'm going to read that again. The exhaustion of society is created by the pressure to be constantly productive, the need to be busy. How many of you resonate with that? That there is a need to be busy. Oftentimes when we rest is when our thoughts become the loudest. And if we're having a hard time with what we're thinking, how we're feeling, the guilt, the shame, the anxiety, resting is going to be difficult. We might even avoid it. And so we keep ourselves busy. We need creative freedom so that we can access our potential. We can access our motivation. And when we rest, we create space for thought and ideas. And this leads to innovation. And ironically, when we slow down, we can actually enhance our productivity and our focus. There's power in being, not just doing. So I hope that I've unlocked or at least started to get your mind and body moving through this idea that if I want to see any change, especially when it comes to motivation, to be something, to do something, to make a change, that it starts with the way I move. And that as moms, even if we feel like we don't have the time to move or shake how we want to, we can always begin by looking at how we're already doing it. We're already moving and shaking a lot. I think we do it better than anyone else. But it's time that we start to move and shake for ourselves, to be the people that we want to be, maybe to even be the people we were before we had kids, because that's who you are. It's a really important part, perhaps, of your identity. 
And our families can make our identities blossom and feel fulfilled. They can bring great joy to our lives, but they're not going to make any changes for us. We have to do that ourselves. So tapping into our own intrinsic motivation is vital to support ourselves, to support our mental health, ultimately to even support the people around us. So again, I want you to ask yourself, how am I moving right now? And how am I going to continue to move throughout the day that most supports my needs, my desires, my goals, because those matter? Thank you so much for listening. Now go move and shake. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. Get moving. 